Welcome to Calvary Live. We are so glad you could join us through our podcast. Here at Calvary, we want you to live life at the highest level through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope today's message will be an encouragement. Praise the Lord for His goodness. I'm here in America, unscheduled uh, visit to Los Angeles because my father, the doctors, gave him two days to two weeks to live. And my brother said, all of you have to come. You're the only one not here. So I flew to Los Angeles, and my dad was in the bed waiting to die. And then I said, hey, dad, you got to live longer. I prayed for him. And I honest, honestly, he perked up. He got up. In a few minutes, he started walking towards the table and have dinner with us. 92 years old. Hallelujah. And some of my brothers and sisters say kiddingly said, why did you do that? We, I, we spent money from Hawaii, from Tennessee to bring all our kids here to see him die. We spent a lot of money. He said, of course, we want our dad to live longer. Hallelujah. God is good. Hallelujah. And so I, I texted uh, a great friend of mine here in, in America, uh, Pastor George, you know, Sawyer, whom uh, Filipinos love you. You know, his ministry has been powerful. I said, you know, I, I have this Sunday open. If you would have me, I'll come over. And he graciously said, yes. It's good to see you here, Sister Phyllis. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Are you ready for the Word of God today? All right, it's past my bedtime, so if I catch anybody sleeping, I might join you. <laughs> this morning, I'd like to share with you a message entitled, God's Strategy to Defeat the Enemy. God's Strategy to Defeat the Enemy. I want you to turn your Bibles with me to the book of Matthew, chapter 24, verse 10 to 13. And then many will be offended and will betray one another and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. And then in Revelation chapter 12 verse 11... And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. Now in, the, in, in Matthew chapter 24, many of us know that Jesus was giving us warning concerning the last days. Concerning the last days. And I believe that we are... Today, living in the last days. How many of you believe that? In fact, some Bible scholars are saying that 99% of all the prophecies that have been written in the Bible have already been fulfilled. In fact, we're just waiting for that a fraction of a percent that uh, before the Lord's return. He said, and because lawlessness will abound... The love of many, uh, if you could please keep up with my PowerPoint, I would appreciate it, will abound. The love of many will grow cold. Now, during 
Jesus' final teaching sessions, this is something that we need to pay attention. He said, he who endures to the end shall be saved. But I like what it says in the NIV. He who stands firm. Because, you know, if you ask somebody, how are you doing today? Well, I'm enduring. I'm enduring. Well, Christian life ought to be, you know, endured and ought to be enjoyed, right? But I believe that the translation, the NIV, is better for me and for us. He who stands firm. That's what we need today. When our faith is under attack, he who stands firm to the end will be saved. And then in Revelation chapter 12 verse 11, we find God's threefold strategy to defeat the enemy. Threefold strategy that I want to submit to you today. And here is what it says. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. Now, first of all, we know that we are living in the last days. And there are so many things that have happened during this COVID pandemic. This is the first in our lifetime in this century. And all the world has been affected. Philippines, we have the longest lockdown in the world. They have just, you know, recently reopened our churches uh, for six months. They, uh, we were not, you know, then for services and then 10% for a long time, then 20%. And then last Sunday, they opened 50%. But I believe that God is not taken by surprise by this pandemic. I believe that there's going to be a great trial that will come in the world to try your faith, to try your commitment. And we know that the one who is behind all these things is the devil. He is the arch enemy of God and the enemy of our soul. But thank God, God has not left us orphans. He has not left us defenseless. He has given us power and has given us a strategy to defeat the enemy. So one of those strategies, first of all, is a work of God. Because it says... They overcame him by the blood of the lamb. By the blood of the lamb. There is power in the blood of Christ. How many of you believe that? Oh, we are Pentecostals. We believe in the power of the blood of the lamb. I believe in pleading for the blood. For yourself and for your family. The Bible says without shedding of the blood, there is no remission of sin. In Hebrews chapter 9 verse 22. Now the word remission originally, originally means something to fight back with. Do you remember when in the book of Exodus when God sent 
God sent ten plagues. And the last plague was the angel of death will pass through all of Egypt. But Moses commanded the children of Israel to, to apply blood on the doorposts of their homes. So that when the angel of death passes by the children of Israel, they will not be affected because the blood will fight back the angel of death. But all the Egyptians firstborn were killed, right? So that's the original meaning of that remission originally means something to fight back with. And because you are blood bought, Satan has no power over your soul. Can you say amen? amen? So those of you who may be doubting whether you are saved or not, because sometimes, you know, we fall into sin, we do mistakes. But if you believe in Jesus, you receive Jesus, you ask for His forgiveness, you are a child of God. Amen. The Bible says, the blood of Christ cleanses us from all sin. And in Romans chapter 6 verse 14, sin no longer has dominion over you. You can be set free from whatever habits, whatever bondage that has taken a hold of your life. But if you were a drug addict before, you no longer have to be bound by that. I was preaching in our church one Sunday and there was a man who came forward. The ushers told me, Pastor, he came with his bodyguards with automatic weapons. They're sitting in the back. So I just preached the word of God. And then when I gave the altar call, that man came forward. And then he asked me, Pastor, you don't know me. Before you pray for me, the sinner's prayer. See, I'm the biggest sinner of all. I said, well, what sin have you done? I'm a drug lord, he said. The law wants me dead. The police want me dead. My rival dealers want me dead. And the people, their family, whom I victimized, they want me dead. I said, oh God, I pray he won't die here. <laughs> I said, can God forgive my sin? He asked me. I said, I'm not God. Maybe if I'm God, I may not forgive you. But here's what the Bible says. Amen. Hallelujah. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. And if you confess your sins, He's faithful just to forgive you. So he prayed the sinner's prayer. And then he said, what now? Well, I gave it to him, cold turkey. Today, you are born again. You're a child of God. You tell your boys when you go back there, I am saved. I am born again. So I told them, burn your inventory, flush them down the toilets, and tell them beginning today, I'm no longer in drug business. And you know what he said? Yes, pastor. Hallelujah! Who can do that? A work of God. And he came every Sunday. 
for many weeks until he came to me and said, weeping, is it, Pastor? I don't know what's going to happen to me. They really wanted to kill me. I'm going to go to the province. I'll take my wife and children to safety. I did what you, I told you I would do. So pray for me, Pastor. I'm out of drug business. And so I pray, pray the prayer commitment. I've never seen, seen him since then. But I know that if something happened to him, he's in heaven today. Amen. It's the blood of Christ. By the death of Jesus Christ on the cross, God's last will and testament has been enforced and we have been adopted into the family of God. How many of you believe you've been adopted in the family of God? Hallelujah. That's the best adoption you'll ever have. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Because it says right here. Oh, glory to God. In uh, Galatians chapter 4, verse 7. Therefore you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Jesus Christ. And our responsibility is to be messengers of the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. To share the message of the cross. The Apostle Paul said in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 17 and 18, he said, For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of no effect. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. This is the main message of the apostles. It is the cross. God reconciling man to himself through Jesus Christ. There is no other way for man to be saved than through the cross of Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? amen? Secondly, how can we overcome the enemy in these last days? By, the, by a word, a word by man. Because it says, by the word of their testimony. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by word, by the word of their testimony. This is also a key weapon to destroy and to defeat the enemy of our soul. This is the key weapon Jesus used to overcome Satan during the temptation. We can read that in chapter 4 of the book of Matthew. You know when Satan tempted him to turn the stone into bread. He said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And then when he tempted the Lord to jump down from the pinnacle of the temple, again, Jesus defeated him by the word of God. He said, you shall uh, not tempt the Lord your God. And then when the devil showed him, 
all the grandeur of the world showed him. You know, right now in our iPhone, we have a panoramic view, right? You see all the beautiful mountains, mountains, Yellowstone National Park, you know, uh, America is beautiful. During COVID, we, my wife and I got locked down here in America. We could not go back to the Philippines. They canceled all the flights. They canceled my flight six times. So my wife and I, we just rented a car and drove to, uh, we went to the uh, Yellowstone. We went to Grand Canyon. We went to see Bryce National Park. Should do that. And uh, <laughs> how many of you have done that already? Oh, you haven't done it yet? And then all the other, and so you cannot, it's beautiful. What you do is you do a panoramic view. Do you know that the world is beautiful? The different cities of the world? I've, I've been, I've, we, we had the a privilege of ministering in all six continents. Been to maybe 300, 350 cities around the world. Preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. The church gave me, you know, time, maybe three months out of the church to be preaching. And, and uh, going to the refugee camps in, in Africa. Uh, the United Nations and thousands will be saved. But the world is beautiful. And I'm sure that the devil showed Jesus not only, you know, 15th century world, 19th century, even the 21st century, all the beautiful places in a panoramic view. And Satan said, I'll give this all to you. You know, he's really kidding. Who created all this in the first place? <laughs> I'm sure in the back of Jesus, are you kidding me? You're going to give all this to me? Of course, the devil, the Bible says, he's the God of this world, right? He's the prince of the power of the enemy. And, and so he was saying, I'll give all this to you. Fame and fortune. Isn't this what the enemy is tempting most people in America, most people in the Philippines, fame and fortune. And they turned their back. Remember, you know, there is this brother by the name of Demas. He, he used to travel with the Apostle Paul. During his missionary journeys, he had seen the miracles, he had seen... All the churches planted, people being saved. And then only for Paul to say, Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. And how many people today are not in church because they are afraid of COVID? They are more COVID conscious than they are God, Holy Spirit conscious. I don't mind you wearing a mask in my congregation. They, because of the government, they have to wear a mask. They even wear a shield. It's crazy. You know, I've been preaching against that. But, but anyway, th those are some of the things that we do. And by the way, okay, how many of you have been tested negative? Raise your hand. All right. I've just been tested prior to my coming here. So you're safe from me. I don't know from you to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
But more people today are enamored with the things of this world. They believe CNN or Fox News more than they believe the word of God. Hallelujah. But you have to declare the word of God to defeat the enemy. Oh, Jesus told the devil when he showed him all the beautiful things of the world, when he offered him fame and fortune, he said to him, to the devil, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God and him only. You shall serve. So how do you use the word of God? As a weapon for your life and against the enemy. Well, you must declare the word of God in whatever circumstance you are in. If you're going through a job, you know, you're having problem with your job, you've lost your job, you've been retrenched, your business, and so many people have lost their businesses, then you begin to use the word of God over that problem, over that challenge in your life. You quote the scriptures and say, God will supply all my needs according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. If I lack wisdom, I will ask from God and He will give me wisdom. Stop crying what, for what you have lost. Rejoice and praise Him for what He has in store for you. Hallelujah. Declare what we expect from God by faith. I love what he says in Mark eleven twenty three. Jesus said, For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Wow, the word that comes out of your mouth is powerful. Say to this mountain, you will have whatever you say. Well, I'm not, I don't belong to the name it and claim it crowd. But, you know, there are people that are too conservative, but they don't have faith. I'd rather have people with extreme faith. Unless if you throw the ball against that wall, you know, far away. and At, at least you did something that will boost your faith. The ball may come back at you, but it has at least... Advance. Can you say amen? amen? Can you say amen? amen? Then those who criticize those people as nuts. You know the world calls us nuts these days. You know that? What's happening in our world today? The things that we know to be wrong are now right. And the right things that we, we know that are right are wrong. And if you stand for the truth and declare the word of God and say you are a Christian, they may call you a hater. 
Jesus gone upside down. Turn upside down. But we know it's coming. We know it's coming. But we need to declare the word of God over our lives. Declare what we expect from God by faith. By the word of your testimony is a spiritual booster to your faith. Glory to God. You know, my dad said, Dad, I'm here. I want to pray for you that God is going to touch you and be healed. He was losing a lot of blood. His internal bleeding. And my brother just told me today, he, he did not bleed anymore. Hallelujah. He's a fighter. Declaring the word of God over his body. You know, he was about to be operated on because he has several heart attacks. And the doctor told my parents, and my, my, my parents, my mother died. My, my father, and then my brother, he said, your dad, we could not guarantee he would live. He has maybe less than 50-50% to live after the surgery. So, my dad said, there's no way. I'm not going to have, I'll just trust God. If, but if we don't give you the surgery, the pain will not go away. I said, are you telling me I will die on the operating table unconscious? I will die if I leave the hospital conscious? He said, I better go home. <laughs> so they gave him a waiver. And the doctor told my, my brother and my sister who was there in the hospitals, said, if you take your dad, he will certainly die. Well, you already told him he might die on the operating table. So he said, we'll give you two days, two weeks at the most. Well, that's more than two weeks ago. And he's still alive. Because the word of God is a spiritual booster. Hallelujah. You know what you need to do when you have problems? Though what the psalm, the psalmist did in Psalm 71, verse 23 to 24. My lips shall greet, greatly rejoice when I sing to you. And my soul, which you have redeemed, my tongue also shall talk of your righteousness all the day long. For they are confounded, for they are brought to shame who seek my hurt. And thirdly. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb, by the word of their testimony. And the third one doesn't seem, you know, to fit with the two. With the two. Because it says, and they did not love their lives to the death. How can that be a strategy for victory? Number three is a way of life. They did not love their lives to the death. What does that mean? I begin to pray over this. I begin to think about it. And, and, and this is what came to me. It talks about total commitment. It talks about total commitment. Now there was a story that I read that happened in the animal kingdom. 
They were uh, all the animals in the animal kingdom. They gathered together. You know, in this story. It's a fiction, of course. And the lion said, We need donations to feed hungry children around the world. And the head chicken said, We will donate all our eggs for one year. All egg-laying fowls will donate their eggs for one year to help feed hungry children throughout the world. And then the the head cow said, All milk-producing animals will donate their milk to feed hungry children around the world. And then the head hog said, Oh, what can we do? What can we do? What we can do? What can we do? And the chicken said, Well, why don't you donate your ham? <laughs> and the head hog protested, It's easy for your chicken to donate your eggs. It's easy for your cows to donate your milk. But if we were to donate our ham, that means total commitment. Death will have to die. You know, that is what we have to do to defeat the enemy. Total commitment. What does that mean? This means that the most important thing in our life is worth living for as well as worth dying for. What is worth living for? Before going back to the Philippines, I I was working in the largest investment firm in the world, Merrill Lynch, which is no more. Told me we'll make a multimillionaire out of you. And then they, I was, A.J. Edwards dangled the carrots to join me, you know, so that you'll go after the Asian market. And he said, for every dollar you put in your 401k, I'll match it with seven. That's from the CEO. It will vest after 10 years. The Dow Jones at that time was 4,000. And I asked one of my associates, what's worth living for? What else, David? Makes a lot of, make a lot of money, lots of money. And die rich. That's the American dream. You have a right to what you might call the American dream. Nice custom home in Dallas. Two or three cars in the garage. A speedboat. What more can you ask for? Ah, But there is something higher. That's worth living for and worth dying for. And that is our commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ and his kingdom. Hallelujah. To some people, well, who is worth living for? There was a song when I was a uh, teenager, when I was, you know, looking at some girls to date. And then there's this song that we used to sing, I can't live if living is without you. 
can't live, can't live anymore. Still remember that song? Oh. The 50-something remember those songs. <laughs> hey man. Takes you to memory lane. Let me tell you, it's only one who is worth living for, and it's Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? The example, let's look at the example of our Lord Jesus Christ. His death on the cross is the single most important Weapon is a key weapon that sets us free from sin and eternal death. And since that time, many Christians through the centuries went through martyrdom. Do you know that we are the greatest beneficiaries of all the suffering and the sacrifices of the saints? Of the past. You know, during the pandemic, I've, I've watched this movie several times. Paul, Apostle of Christ. I don't know if you watched it. I, I think it's in Netflix. And uh, oh, I cried. Well, Christians suffered. They, they were thrown into the, uh, to fight lions. And then they were crucified. While they're burning, you know, Nero made human torches out of them to light the streets of Rome. And they gladly given their lives. And even today, even today, over 30,000 of our brothers and sisters are being killed for their faith. In areas of the world where there is no freedom. Like in Sudan. Like in many countries of the world. But today, we in America. I speak as an American. I'm an American citizen. My mom was born here in California. We live a relatively easy life. Oh yes, there's the pandemic. But praise God for stimulus checks. <laughs> which the rest of the world don't have. We in the Philippines don't have. <laughs> we have to do pantry. You know, we have to... Give out groceries for hungry people by the thousands of families. There's no stimulus checks. In fact, the problem now in California, we went in this restaurant on Father's Day. And so many people were there. There must have been a hundred people in that restaurant. And only three or four waiters. And, and I asked the manager, what's it? well, people, we've been advertising. They, people don't work. They make more money not working than in work. Oh, it's only happening in America. <laughs> Thank God for Democrats. 
I'm a Republican, okay? I just want to cover my bases, all right? <laughs> anyway, the stimulus was started by a Republican, right? So, anyway, we, today we live a relatively easy life. But listen, but sadly, today many have shallow commitment to the Lord. Those of you that are watching online, we love you, we pray for you. But if you've been onlining all these months, do not let the enemy rob your fellowship. Do not let the enemy rob your fellowship. This is the will of God. Hallelujah. I keep telling to, my, to our people in the Philippines, because in the Philippines, because of all the news media and everything, they scare people. There's going to be another variant, this variant, now the Delta variant. Variant, I can't even pronounce it. <laughs> Keep your distance. So, Wow, Christianity is not about distance. Christianity is about closeness. Intimate relationship with God and relationship with the people of God. Woo. All the messaging that you hear is against our faith. Hallelujah. How many people, you know, I got relatives in California and in Washington because all of my family immigrated here. We're the only one going back to the Philippines. I have to tell them, you know, oh, this is nice on Sunday. We can go fishing. We can go by the beach. We'll just bring our cell phone. We, we watch the pastor preach. And then I, I observe them that while the pastor is preaching and singing, they'll say, hello, how are you doing today? <laughs> uh, oh, then they go back again. Oh. Ah, oh, what a commitment. Sorry, folks. Where is your commitment? Total commitment. Jesus says that self-denial is a vital key to an overcoming life. Here is what he says in Matthew chapter 16, verse 24 to 26. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give? In exchange for his soul, none. Hallelujah. And here's what Second Timothy said. Paul said, chapter 2, verse 10 to 13. Therefore I endure all things for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. This is a faithful saying. For if we died with him, we shall also live with him. If we endure, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. 
It is the key to overcoming life. Let me conclude with this story. He used to live in Dallas, Texas. I heard the story of a girl, a debutante, 18-year-old girl graduating from high school. She comes from a very well-to-do family in Dallas. His, her dad made tons and tons of money. They live in the North Dallas. But this girl in high school had a friend who was a Christian. And she invited this girl in a camp meeting. And uh, lo and behold, she got saved. This girl usually goes home right on time. After school, then back to the house by before nightfall. But because she got saved, now she was attending these nightly services, revival gathering in this tent. And because she knew how to play the piano, they asked her to play the piano in the camp meeting. So for several nights, she was coming home at 9, 9.30. And the dad was alarmed and the mother. So they sent a detective to follow her. And they, one night, because usually, you know, the parents will just, she will just sneak in the house, snuck in the house to her bedroom. But one night when she got into the front door, the lights was turned on. And she was startled. And the father said, young lady, where have you been? We heard that you are going to that tent meeting there, Revival. Do you know what will happen to me? What people will say if the newspapers pick up the story that my daughter is going there? They would say, what embarrassment you will cause to our family that you are going, attending that tent gathering will, there are many fanatics. I forbid you from going. Say, Dad, I found joy there. I found Jesus Christ, the Savior and my Lord. And they asked me to play the piano. And the father said, I don't want you to go there again. But she went the following night. So, Parents, the father again told her, gave her an ultimatum, and he said, If you go there again, if you don't let go of this religion that you got into, you will, we will disown you. You will no longer be our daughter. I will forget. And the mother and the father said that, and she cried all night. You will not leave this house. You will leave this house and you will not live in it anymore. You'll be on your way. You decide tonight. So all night long, this 18-year-old debutant cried unto the Lord. Between her commitment to Jesus and to her father and mother, which means that if he, she follows the Lord, she'll have to say goodbye being the only child to all the riches, all the things. 
So by nine o'clock, she was coming down the staircase, around the staircase of that palatial home with a suitcase and a backpack. The parents waiting in the music room. She laid down the suitcase and the backpack, opened the grand piano, and without saying a word, she began to play and sang the songs she learned in the camp. I'd rather have Jesus than silver and gold. I'd rather have him than riches untold. She went through the song and sang the second stanza. Than to be a king of the vast domain. I'd rather have Jesus. And she finished the song. Closed the piano. She got up. The parents right now, the father, got up with tears in his eyes, hugged his beautiful daughter on his head, these words. Honey, if Jesus means that much to you, then I also need to know him. And the whole family got saved. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can connect with us live each Wednesday and Sunday through our social media pages. If today's message has blessed you, please rate and review us so that more people can hear this message of Christ. Find out more about Calvary on our website at calvaryassembly.org.